welcome to another episode of the Your Home Buying Guy podcast. This is your one-stop shop home buying guide where every week I'm going to bring in industry experts to answer all of the most common home buying questions. I'm your host, Guy DiPosito, and this week we are joined by George Dimas of PD Properties. George, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Well, I want to start this off uh, letting you brag about yourself for a little bit here. Tell us about yourself, how long you've been a realtor, why did you decide to become a realtor? Uh, we can get started from there. Well, my name is George Demis with PD Properties, uh, 24 years old from Lynn, Massachusetts. This is my third year as a real estate agent. Got my New Year's Eve 2020, so going on year three. You know, I grew up, always wanted to play sports as a lot of kids do. Didn't work out, so I ended up wanting to, I went to school to write about sports, you know, the more I went to school, the more I realized it's kind of not for me. You know, I wanted to learn about writing for the Celtics. Then next thing you know, I'm in class struggling to learn Spanish. So uh, I just didn't feel like, you know, it was for me. My mother, who's the broker of PD Properties, actually, you know, I grew up, she's always been flipping houses or helping people buy or sell real estate. So ever since, you know, me and my sisters were able to walk, you know, we were picking up paintbrushes, helping my mom around. So figured I'd stick with what I know and it's real estate and I've always had a passion for it, you know, just growing up around it. So figured, you know, instead of struggling with Spanish class in college, I'll, you know, go to what I know and join real estate. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. So we have, we have very similar backgrounds. I know we've talked about this in the past, but yeah, I went to, I played sports my entire life growing up, went to college for sport management I do. I don't know. I mean, you could you could say that that I'm involved in sports now because I have a Celtics podcast. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't really say that it's very heavily involved, but definitely have the same kind of passion for it as you do. But that's kind of one of the reasons I like this aspect, this side of the business. Uh, now that I'm starting, you know, this podcast, I've been so entrenched in, you know, talking about the Celtics over and over and over, mm-hmm. and I talk about the mortgage side over and over and over on social media, but now getting and kind of combining both worlds, having this podcast uh, kind of gives me that other avenue. So definitely fun. So you've been a realtor for pretty much the exact same time that I've been a loan officer. I started pretty much right around that same time. Um, What is one of the things that you think you do better than every other realtor out there? Just dedicating my time. Um, I'm real passionate with it. It's what I do full time. So if I'm working with you, 110% of my efforts all going directly towards you. If you need anything, you know, I'm there for you. I'm there to get any questions you need. If I need to reach out to the listing agent or anything of that such, I'm always there for my clients. And also the commission we charge, uh, PD properties, we charge 3%. I know a lot of agents in Massachusetts typically charge around like four to 6%. So just, you know, we, we go above and beyond to just try to make sure once you conclude working with PD Properties, you have nothing but good things to say about us. And, you know, if anyone ever asks, how was George Demis at PD Properties? I hope by the end of it, there's, you know, only good things you could say about that. Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you're in this sort of role, very customer facing, right? But this is also a very time sensitive transaction. Mm-hmm. Right. So communication is key during this entire process. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it starts with you, but it really it goes all the way down the line. The mortgage, the loan officer, super important because uh, they're the ones that are you know helping with pre-approvals. They're the ones that are setting budgets for all of this. 
Uh, and then it also goes, you know, all the way down to real estate attorney, appraisers, all of that. Mm-hmm. So being able to effectively communicate, super important. Love yeah, that. Definitely. So obviously you're in an age range where a lot of your friends are, are getting to the point of wanting to buy houses and they're probably coming to you with a million questions you know, when you first meet with a client and they ask you what the home buying process looks like, how do you typically explain it to them? Well, I start by telling them it's a lot easier than they think. Uh, a lot of kids that I grew up with leave school thinking, you know, you need to work up to getting 20% down on a home. You need to work, you know, 70 hours a week, have a perfect credit score and everything. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's not that, that hard. You know, it's a lot simpler than they think. Uh, as soon as I tell someone that you can get a pre-approved with a credit score of 580, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, I would have never guessed that. But so I, I usually just br- break it down the basics because a lot of kids, you know, growing up in school, you, you we're never told this stuff. So you just see it online on how expensive houses are and the way the market is and everything. A lot of people just come up with the assumption that it, it's an extremely difficult process to get pre-approved and become a homeowner. But Really, it's very simple. So I just try to dumb it down for them, you know, and you know, try to alleviate the stress because it can be a very stressful thing. And I try to make it as you know calm and easy as possible for them. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the people that have had on this podcast so far, and it even relates, like I've had a couple like real estate investors and they say the number one piece of advice is just dive in. Mm-hmm. Like just dive in when you're ready. The process isn't as complicated as most people think. Yeah. So once you get started, it's a lot easier to continue. Mm-hmm. And while some of that is like very hyper specific to real estate investing, it translates to residential home purchases as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Because a lot of people, I mean, you just said it, like I, I run into this constantly where people are thinking that they need a perfect credit score. They think they need 20% down. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many programs out there that the requirements are a, a lot more lenient than a lot of people think. Yeah. Like there are first time buyer programs. You can buy with 3% down. There are some VA loans that you can get for 0% down, mm-hmm. right? FHA, three and a half percent down and their credit score requirements are even more lenient. So there are a lot of different avenues that people can take to purchasing a home, but they need to have a team around them that knows what's happening. Mm, Right. So doubling back to what you said last about communication and time commitment, like these are all things that as a realtor, as a loan officer myself, like I'm going out and I'm trying to tell everybody, because the home buying process can be very scary if you think you need a perfect credit score and 20% down. Yeah. It's it's scary enough when you're looking and it only need three and a half percent down, three percent mm-hmm. down. Right. So adding the extra pressure, uh, I just that's one of the things that I try to explain to people as much as often, as much yeah. as I can. Um but yeah, that's great. When you're going and looking at houses, obviously, you know, the process starts, a client comes to you. They're like, okay, where do I start? I know we've talked about this pre-approval. Typically the first thing you go for after you get pre-approved, 
Uh, you're taking them on, you know, open houses, different stuff like that. Maybe they're going to look at an open house that you might not be able to get to. You know, what technical things uh, should they be looking for when they're going and touring homes? Whether it be like, you know, mold, roof. What do you? What are some of the things that you tell your clients to take a look at? So yeah. A lot of people, when once they get the pre-approval, they know their budget, they look at a home, all they want to see, you know, how big the bedrooms are, the kitchen size, how big the yard is. A lot of people look past, you know, you want to make sure you find out how old the roof is uh, from the basement. You look up, check out the floorboards. Uh, if you have FHA approval, a lot of people don't know, like peel and paint could be a deal breaker with that. So uh they just you know just making sure that i'm just there as a helping hand obviously i let them do their thing if they want to envision the home i don't want to you know get in the way of that let them walk around as peaceful as possible picture everything um but yeah you know just the stuff that you know most buyers don't typically look at when going you know checking out the foundation you know just, just all that type of stuff a, a lot of buyers just don't really think of that when looking at a home which is why you know they hire us real estate agents to come in and just be a helping hand and you know two minds are greater than one so yeah absolutely so i went to i went to a tech school for carpentry so i'm like i'm very handy with a mm -hmm. lot of this stuff like i came in we did a bunch of work in my house and like i knew that from an appraisal standpoint or an inspection standpoint there were so many things like that you just mentioned that now that i'm in the business i know Right. Like the FHA peeling paint to me, stupidest thing in the world, because how easy is it to just chip away paint and fix that yeah. when, it, when you move in to me is crazy. However, there are so many things that people just don't look at. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at the roof. They're not looking at the foundation. They're not looking at a lot of these things that honestly are really the big ticket items. Yeah. When I, when I was going through the process again, like I'm very, very aware of how to fix these things. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know that it really mattered from a financing yeah. perspective. Right. And that's the thing that like took a little bit of adjusting for me, but my realtor at the time, like you, very knowledgeable about that stuff and is pointing a lot of these things out. Mm -hmm. So when it got to a point where I finally did get an offer accepted, it's like, okay, I know my foundation's fine. I know there are some things in the house that I need to fix. A couple window sills need to be replaced. That's easy. Yeah. Like I can do that. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Right. There are some people out there and, you know, to no fault of their own, like they didn't go to a tech school for carpentry. Yeah. Right. That might be a little bit more complicated of a process. Right. So these are things that from a budget perspective, like you need to, make sure that you're fully aware of uh, mm -hmm. before you go into this. Cause some of these things like, you know, fixing a couple window sills isn't a big deal for me if I know how to do it. But for, you know, a 24 year old that went to business school, that doesn't know a lot from a, a construction standpoint, like you're paying someone to come in and fix that. Mm -hmm. Right. If you've got all of your money going towards, you know, down payment, closing costs, that might not be something that you can do right away. Mm -hmm. Right. So all of these are like really good things to know ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, so you can start to budget that out because there's a, a very big difference between buying a home and being comfortable 
and then buying a home and being house poor. Mm-hmm. And it's little things like these, like an extra $5,000 payment to get something fixed that can swing you into the being house poor part. Yeah. Right. Nobody wants to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, it's part of my job. It's part of your job to making sure they're aware of what needs to be done. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, me helping from a budget perspective. So obviously you're helping come up with questions, things for them to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, you know, let's say they were going to an open house and maybe you weren't free, right? And they mm-hmm. really wanted to go see this house. What are some of the questions that home buyers should be asking a listing agent during an open house? Yeah, so more of the same. Um, w- without an agent, you still want to, you know, go through the basics at, while ch- checking out a property. You know, you want to always ask same thing, you know, about the foundation, uh, how old the roof is. Um, you know, and another thing I always tell clients is, you know, take pictures and videos. A lot of the times the offers aren't due for at least a day or two after the open houses. So we still have time to go over any questions or any, you know, topics you may have. So I always say just take pictures. If you don't know anything, just take a picture, send it to your agent. You know, everyone has their phone on them nowadays. So no matter what you're all doing, you should be getting a response back soon. And, you know, another thing I always tell clients is if I'm not present, to not give too much information to the listing agent. Because at the end of the day, they're selling something that you want to buy if, you know, you're selling a pair of shoes and you go up to the person, I love these shoes. I'll do anything for them. Now you don't have as much negotiating power as you would, you know? So I always try to tell them, you know, keep it to a minimum with the listing agent. Don't express your love to them. Uh, A lot of people do that. You know, when their agent's not present, agent will come up to them. Hey, how's everything? You have any feedback? And they'll be like, Oh, I love it. You know, it's amazing. I can't, you know, ruins the negotiating power a bit right there because they know you're you know you want this home you're you're the interested one and the the interested party here but um more of the same and then just asking you know when offers are due uh the listing agent usually has a a due date on the listing sheet so if anything you can always reach out to your agent for that and you know just more of the same just more stuff that I, i would that you would ask me as the listing agent or you know pictures to clarify once the conclusion of the open house yeah it's funny i always i always see posts about people at in front of ring doorbells at open houses and the Mm. agent's like don't say anything like Mm. you don't want them that you don't want them to hear anything and it's like you can ask the listing agent questions don't answer a lot of questions yeah right it's like you can you can if you have a specific question either ask yourself like you as the buyer's agent and Mm -hmm. you can reach out to the listing agent about it. Uh, or you can ask the question, but just don't, don't offer a ton of information past that. I think that's a good piece of advice. As far as, as far as the process goes for, you know, newer homeowners, like first, let's just say first time home buyers. Um, what is the question that you're asked the most in this current market? Well, when people are looking for homes, one, the main question I get is about interest rates. Everyone's always asking if they should wait till interest rates drop or what they should do, how I predict the interest rates will go in the future. Um, and I always tell them, you know, if if the time is right for you to buy, interest rates are always going to fluctuate. They could go to 10 next year. They can go to two. You know, we, we don't know. Um, and they always, I always see a saying online, too. 
to marry the home and date the rate, the rates are always going to change. That home is yep. yours. You know, if the interest rates right now is seven and a half and you buy interest rates a year from now, go down to four, you know, you just refinance. So I always tell them that that's a, a thing that a lot of people, you know, freak out about once they see the rates, they freak out. And again, we spoke on this before, you know, once the rates do go down, you're not the only one that is waiting for a drop in rates. So everyone else's buying power goes up. Yep. And now, you know, more people, more eyes are looking at these homes that you're also looking at. So right now it is still a very competitive market. And another question I get is if I think it's going to go over asking, which a lot of the time it does, uh, you know, even with the high rates, it's still a very hot market for sellers. So I would, that, that's typically the two main questions I get on, you know, if I think it's going to go up because buyers are aware that it's a very competitive market. And, you know, what I think about the rates and where I think they will go. And I always say, you know, if the time is right for you to, you know, get on it, because there's always a pros and cons to every uh, situation in the market. Rates go lower, there's pros and cons. Rates go up, pros and cons. So the time is right for you. I always let them know, you know, go at it. Yeah, I I think that is so important because, and again, you're right. We've talked on it before. I've talked about it on the podcast too, but, you know, for every 1%, the rates go down 5 million more homeowners are now qualified for housing. Mm-hmm. Right. So if that's yeah. the case, if that's the case, when rates drop, if that's what they're waiting for, the competition mm-hmm. is going to be crazy. Yeah. There's like inventory is still obviously a huge issue, right? Like that's, it's hard to ignore that in today's market. Inventory is honestly more of an issue than rates are at this point. With that said, you know, if you're waiting for rates to drop a little bit, and let's just say you wait a year, we've got thousand extra people that you're now competing with in this local market, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the five million is is worldwide or countrywide, yeah. right? So you're competing with a lot more people. That house, just because homes are still appreciating, that house instead of being worth, you know, let's just call it five hundred, is now worth five thirty. Mm. Right. And because so many more people qualify for the home, instead of only going maybe five to 10 grand over, you're now going 20, 30 grand over. Yeah. So you're losing out on a ton of appreciation, a ton of equity. I always say there's never a good time to buy, but there's never a bad time to buy. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's always there's always someone that's going to have an excuse as to why now isn't the right time. And whether mm-hmm. it's interest rates, whether it's inventory, whether it's savings, like those are all valid reasons why someone would want to wait. But on the flip side, the longer you wait, the more you're pushing things off, the more you're going to end up paying down the road. Yep. Yeah, and the more you're going to lose down the road. It is just a, it's a challenging market to say the least, but kind of having the right team around you that you know is going to put your best interest at heart is super important. Mm -hmm. I think where that's all of this kind of collides here is making sure you have, you know, a really good realtor, a really good loan officer, good real estate attorney, like all of those things really help throughout the process. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even think to ask that. They they just see the, the, the rates, they check out that, see it's still high, and they're just like, I'm done. But if you sat down and, you know, asked an agent or a lender like yourself and asked, you know, what are the pros and cons to buying now as opposed to waiting for them to wait, 
they'll, they'll might be pretty surprised, you know. They might think, you know, maybe it's not the right move to wait and hope they drop in. Yeah, for sure. So what is the the best piece of advice that you have for uh, that first-time homebuyer? Really, my, my best piece of advice is if if the time is right for you, don't worry about what, you know, people on social media are saying or, you know, the rates, what, you know, when anyone's saying, if the time is right for you, that's all that matters. The rates are always going to fluctuate, like I said. And, you know, I, I just don't don't listen to other people. It's your situation, your financial, you know, investment. You want to make sure you're 100% comfortable, not anybody else. You know, obviously, you know, your parents may have, their best interest but speak to someone that's really involved in the real estate game really understands what they're talking about and base your own decision off of that not what you know social media says because scrolling through instagram you'll see talk about the rates and it's just like people yeah. acting like it's the end of the world and they're like yeah. oh my god how do people buy and it's like i'm never going to be able to buy in my lifetime and everything but don't listen to all the negativity just sit down with someone you know i'm sure Many agents are like myself. They're not going to charge you to speak with them. You know, my phone number is always available for you to pick it up. Call me, yeah. shoot me a text, anything, Instagram, however you wish to communicate. But ask me and ask me the pros and cons, what I think about it. And, you know, base your own decision off of that, not the people on social media just overreacting and freaking out. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad you talked about or you brought up parents there. I will caution some people. You're absolutely right. The parents have their kids' best interest at heart more mm -hmm. often than not, right? Yeah. Uh, one thing I will I will caution potential home buyers on: the market that we're in today is so drastically different than when your parents probably bought. Mm -hmm. Right. I tell the story all the time, but my parents bought in Bill Ricca, where I live now, uh, they bought in like 98, 1998, mm -hmm. they bought their house for like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Like houses don't exist for a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. They, they thought their mortgage of, you know, $800 at the time was expensive. Yeah. Right. Houses now you're not, you're not getting many, many things for under four they exist few and far between mm -hmm. right so if you're comparing mortgages or you're talking about something with your parents and it's like oh my mortgage is going to be thirty two hundred dollars a month or whatever throwing out a random yeah. number my parents when i first bought thought i was absolutely crazy mm -hmm. because my mortgage payment was so expensive how are we going to afford that? Because they're used to something so different yeah. than what the market we're in right now. Mm -hmm. So I would say like having the right team around you is super important and having parents there to, I wouldn't say persuade you to, or to not do something, uh, but having your parents there just as support system in general, just to bounce ideas off of is great. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes... <laughs> From a financial standpoint, it can be challenging. But you know, one thing I will say, just from a, a budget perspective, like the advice that they're giving about you know debt to income ratio, you don't want it to be over X amount, all that information might be great. But what they're not taking into account most of the time is the fact that salaries are just drastically different now than they were yeah. in 1998.
right? Mm-hmm. Like when you were born, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right around there, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's just uh it's a very different market than what most parents have seen. And again, that's not to say that most parents haven't moved on, bought another place. My parents just happen to be in the exact same house they've mm-hmm. had since we moved to Bill Rico when I was like five years old. Yeah. Right. You know, I grew up in this area. I ended up buying a house seven minutes down the street from my parents, a little bit smaller house, significantly more expensive. Yeah. Uh, and the mortgage payment was more expensive. So they're just like, how are you going to pay more for a mortgage than me? And our house is bigger. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm like, welcome to, welcome to 2023. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I think the the one thing that you do need to take into account, like focus on your budget, mm-hmm. right? That's the big thing. And you brought that up as well. Make sure you have a budget that you're comfortable with. And if you're comfortable, buy the house. Yeah. Buy the house because it's going to appreciate. So that's good. So that's that's your piece of advice for homeowners. And I'm sure you've gotten plenty of advice from your mother since she's been in the business for so long. So what is the best piece of advice that, you've ever been given in your career I, I don't know it's hard to say just you know just really just living throughout uh, I've, I've always just been seeing you know the ups and downs of real estate i know how you know one month it could just be you know you're on top of the world you feel like the next month you can't even get anyone to return a phone call so i know just the the, the troubles of real estate you know the the ups and downs of it so yeah that, that really i don't have just a piece of advice just you know just living my whole life underneath you know, my mom, who's just a broker of PD properties. And, you know, I, I, I see the ups and downs and I've, I've got into it real fast. You know, the first couple of transactions, you realize very fast that this could either be like a great transaction or just like the worst month of your life leading up to the closing table. So, yeah. Um, and I knew that going into real estate, which is, you know, a big plus. A lot of people join real estate. They think it's all sweet. First bad transaction comes and they're just like devastated. And it's like, I know from growing up in a real estate household that it could be a devastating transaction very fast. So when it did come and, you know, obviously troubles come and everything, I, I was well prepared and ready to move past it, ready to, you know, talk my client through the, the struggles just to make sure they're, you know, level-headed and everything and got it done. But, you know, that is just the best thing, you know, just learning, you know, there's ups and downs to it could be very devastating, but, stay you know on course and everything will work itself out yeah and that's uh that's spoken like a true former athlete as well like mm-hmm. you've, you've got the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows and you just need to try and stay constant you yeah. don't want to get too high when it's when it's going really well and you definitely don't want to get too low when it's going poorly yeah and you gotta definitely. try and find that middle ground and stay you know consistently happy i don't know this is mm-hmm. My my entire family, my my in-laws, they, everyone kind of says this. They think I have like a, a chemical imbalance where I'm just always happy. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. It's a great yeah, way to live my life. <laughs> but it's just, it's one of those things. Like I will go up with my highs. I just really try not to go down with my lows. Mm-hmm. And I can be super pissed off of somebody and then i go to bed i wake up the next morning i'm just like all right whatever we're past it Mm -hmm. Um, so having that kind of mentality where you're not 
like really just dragging, that's a huge, huge key to being successful in this industry. Cause it's tough. It's very tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Especially in this but, market with the inventory, a lot of deals aren't happening for everyone. So seriously, absolutely. But yeah, George, that is where we're going to wrap things up. I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, this is awesome. It was great sitting down chatting again, obviously have to get you on and, and talk about some Celtics soon too. Now the uh, season's a little over a month away, but uh, mm -hmm. we'll have to dive into that when it comes around, but I appreciate you hopping on. I appreciate you having me. It was awesome. Great time. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right.